You are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. I'm Henry. I'm Joe. And I'm Scott. This week we'll finish our conversation with French astrophysicist Jean-Pierre Petit on energy and catastrophe scenarios. We'll pick up where we left off last week. Suppose we are gods and we say to men, to men no, you have the possibility to destroy yourselves. Anybody can build his own H-bomb. So is it anything better to do? <laughs> Try to find some, you know? Sakharov said that in a, in a talk. Sakharov, uh, uh, when he received the Nobel Prize, he had a talk uh, uh, in Stockholm. He didn't want to Stockholm himself, but uh, Elena Bonaire uh, read the paper, and uh, he said, uh, "Now we are uh, reaching the time where there is no time to take uh, a weapon and to to attack the other. It's time to help each other. It's time to to arrange the planet." And We're certainly in agreement with you about that. Yes, it is a time. It is way past the time to do that. Mm. The question is, how? Because how? it depends on the men, not on the leaders. The leaders will lose their power, you know, if uh, the energy uh, is dissolved, uh, expands. Mm-hmm. Mm? No? But as long as that energy stays in their hands, that's not going to happen. Because what, ha- what happens when... Well, first of all, I think that, uh, I mean, it's not just a question of controlling energy because there's also controlling food. I mean, now you have, you know, the United States that, you know, know, which is a country that annually wastes an extraordinary amount of food. And yet, you know, you have all these starving people in the world. And, of course, it's not just the U.S., but the, the simple fact is that if the agricultural industry worldwide were run properly, we would be producing, well, we already produce enough food to feed everyone. It just doesn't get to the people who need it, which means, so not only with energy is there this problem, but also with food. And then, of course, you add to that the fact that uh, with genetically modified uh, crops, uh, now farmers are basically going to become, or already have become, slaves to these large corporations because the seeds work for one season, and the next season you have to buy more seeds. And the other thing is that what if this this... Uh, Z machine was in the hands of, say, Iran right now. Well, you know, Donald Rumsfeld and George Bush and the whole gang, they're not just going to sit there. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to start screaming and waving their hands in the air and running around going, oh, my God, Iran's going to make a giant fusion bomb and blow up Israel and the whole world. And, of course, you know, there would be military strikes and they would move in and they would stop it. So... You know, I mean, I think if, if, if a change does, in fact, occur from, from the spread of this technology, it, it would have to be quite a large, uh, almost revolution mm-hmm. in, in terms of getting rid of, of all the pathocratic governments and getting rid of, I mean, it would, it would be yeah. not, not impossible, but at this point. Mm-hmm. But, Jean-Pierre, what, what, what implications do you think that, um, that this idea of... Uh, limitless energy has for for government i will uh, talk about the implication for men you know uh, revolution occurs when men are pushed into despair here we could be pushed into hope <laughs> and mm-hmm. the the motor of the revolution would be hope 
We have solution. We have energy. We can change the world. We don't want the politician uh, uh, believe um, to to behave like they do. Uh, we want this world be changed according to uh, or willing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, to so if I understand correctly, what you're saying is that really, um, what we need is a revolution. Uh, but a, not, a, not a qu- quite revolution. A quite revolution. It's not uh, um, uh, aggressive revolution. I repeat, you have two uh, sources of revolution. The first is despair. When people are despaired, they go in the street, they break anything, and so on. Here they will say, we want the energy, we want the way to transform our country, we want water, we want to clean. You realize what you can do with the energy? Well, that's, it's, it's interesting because that's, that's, one, that's one idea of what would happen in, in the case where people are despairing and then they, they push for change and there's some kind of a revolution. In an article published by uh, two uh, researchers at the Sandia, mm-hmm. yeah, the same uh, Gerald Jonas and Curtis Johnson, uh, an article from last year. It's from uh, May 19th, 2005. It's called Technology and Society on the Verge of Chaos. And they say... Before this is discovery. Th- mm-hmm. They say, um, in their predictions for the future, um, they say that amid, amid widespread fear of death and destruction, societies will turn to tough, strong protectors as their leaders and will be willing to accept totalitarian states in exchange for the security they promise. Now, this is the other interpretation of what would happen when people are in despair or when they're in the fear of death and destruction. They don't, they don't have a revolution. In a way, they do the opposite. They turn to uh, their governments, and they ask their governments in a way to take away their freedoms to make them more secure, to, to, to deal with this threat. You know? So um, it seems to me that while yours is a, quite an idealistic uh, interpretation of, of human nature, of, of, of human beings. And it's possible that people could, you know, when they're in despair or in fear of death, that they would have a revolution and, and in some way or other and change uh, the status quo on the planet. Um, we've seen since 9-11, in a way, that that's not what has happened. Now, that doesn't mean that that's a natural uh, result because... It could easily be manipulated, you know. I mean, if people were left to their own devices, if they weren't controlled or if there was no propaganda and et cetera, maybe they would. Maybe we'll be, we would be in a different world now. But um, it seems that there is this, uh, this influence from, from, from the leaders uh, that, that in a way would be overthrown, the, the, the corrupt leadership, the corrupt, corrupt politicians at the minute, who would have to be removed to have this better future. These people don't want... They, they can see that. They know that that would happen, and they don't like the idea of a new world. Yes, but I, I would like to add something. Let's be back to the sentence of Malcolm Hines when he says he um, theorizes that some unknown energy source is involved which is providing the machine with an extra jolt of energy just as the plasma ions are beginning to slow down. You know, Malcolm Haynes is not a joker. Gerald Jonas is not a joker, too. Uh, This uh, experiment is a very serious problem. Suppose it's a really new source of energy. Here, you have no fusion. 
this comes this doesn't come from fusion this was just inert mm -hmm. uh, experiment with just metal mm -hmm. so you inject energy you have inertial energy and you get back four times where the, uh, this part of energy comes from it may correspond to a, v a very incredible revolution into physics and uh, synthesis of antimatter by compression uh, personally I, I think it's feasible for personal reason and scientific reason and if they have achieved that uh, this antimatter first represents an incredible amount of energy and restrictive power too. But with this antimatter, you can achieve transmutation. You can change atoms into other atoms. You can manipulate the content of the nuclei. If you can do that, you have no problem with... Um, uh, primeval matter, uh, you know, you can change a stone into gold, gold into uh, into stone. You realize that. So, in my mind... Can we change George Bush into, uh, yeah. like, Gandhi or something? <laughs> 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 Why not? But, but you know that... I, uh, no, no, I'm not quite sure... Uh, just this, this sentence of Malcolm Hines is puzzling because if it is really that, you know, it's the beginning of a new era, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And you are facing a choice because I don't know what is the English word for the matière première. Primal matter. Pr primal matter. Huh? We, need, uh, we need petrol, but we need uh, silver. We, we need... Uh, uh, all kind of atoms, yeah. and yeah, you can make this atom with the sand of the road. <laughs> so what yeah. you're saying is not only would this technology give us unlimited energy, it would give us the means to create whatever we wanted. Exactly. Mm. There would be no shortage of resources anywhere. Mm. Exactly. Certainly, I mean, I, I agree that um, obviously that this technology ha uh, holds a great opportunity for really does for a, f a very different future for humanity but the question is what is the deciding factor and what is it the deciding factor in t in terms of what it's used for or which way it goes i mean because you know y you you've admitted that it could be used for bombs uh, Etc. But it can also be used for to, to free people in a way, free them from from a lot of uh, hardships, etc. So, what what is um, you know what what is the vision that the people who are developing this? What vision do they have? Because if they're the ones who are developing it, are the people who are funding the research and who are pushing this? It would seem to me to be uh, the question would seem to me to be the, what what their vision is. Where do they want it to go? Because I don't have any control over it. I'm I'm a citizen of of the planet. But I don't have any control over where it goes. The people have to talk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the people have to say, we want this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, suppose it's confirmed. Suppose uh, you have an experiment. We have transformed a stone into gold. You need imagine the catastrophe. <laughs> well, what is the use of gold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about what, what is the value of anything? You know, I exactly. have diamonds, but uh, they can make diamonds. They can make gold. So, uh, wh what is to be rich? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then that I just leads me. <laughs> that leads me to think: 
we've got a technology that could give us unlimited energy. It could give us unlimited amounts of gold. It could give us whatever we want. Therefore, there's no value per se in having gold. Therefore, the entire economic, political, social foundations of the world have been removed. And on the one hand, there are going to be people whose entire power and lives are based on the existing structure who are going to fight like hell to make sure that this doesn't get out because it would mean the end of their lives. It would mean the end of their power. So that if there started to be some funding of this in some country in Africa or some philanthropist or whatever, it would be, as Joe described, then you'd get the hysterical news people on CNN or Fox saying, you know, we found out that there's this uh, secret energy program going on in whatever country or, or being done by whatever people, and these are obviously terrorists. Oh, Scotty said that. Scotty said that. These are obviously terrorists, and so we've got to go in and we've got to crush them. So populations could be manipulated without them knowing it to crush that which could be the basis of their freedom. The catch is out of Zabaga. <laughs> well, I, well, like you know, like like you said, Jean Pierre, you know, you know, if if people knew about this, so perhaps you know, this is a new comic book. Yes, <laughs> you can't consider that as a new comic book, and that's also why we're doing this podcast on it. But the cat is out of the bag between a comic book and a podcast, and getting millions or billions of people into a state where they're going to say we're not going to take it anymore, and we want changes. There's a certain amount of work. But you know, it's not science fiction. You know, modern fixed letters, a physical physical review letter is not science fiction book. No, it's not science fiction. But it's not science fiction. You have either. journalists; they can ask people; they can do that job. But it's not science fiction either that we're living in a society that is more and more uh, coming under the thumb of psychopaths and absolutely crazy people whose interest is in preserving what they have. And this brings us into these scenarios, these doomsday scenarios. There's the technology in society on the, the verge of chaos that Joe was referring to a minute ago. There's uh, a scenario that we've talked about on our website that comes from a researcher at the Lambda Corporation. And there's also the, uh, from 2004, the Pentagon report that we publicized quite a bit uh, where the, uh, a group of researchers and scientists were commissioned by the Pentagon to uh, project, predict uh, what the future holds for the planet. And they didn't have a very good picture at all. Um, they focused quite a lot on climate change and saying that this was going to cause uh, a lot of problems, which also this, this paper by Gerald Jonas, also refers to uh, where you have, you know, people, um, the Pentagon report said there was going to be wars over water and food. And, uh, water, we can make water, you know. Yeah, well, that's, 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 my, that's my point because... In, 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 in Dubai, in for example, uh -huh. they, they pick salt water mm -hmm. and they make drinkable water mm -hmm. with electricity. Yeah, all, so all of these things are possible, but that brings us back to the, pro the question of why. Why, with all this technology, why aren't things getting better? Why are people still having to walk four miles every day in Africa to a well to get water? Why aren't people in Dubai making water in this way and then shipping it to Africa? But you, you know, it's a new... You can check it. 
Now the cat is out of the bag. People know. Your read listeners uh, 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 know this 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 affair. Uh-huh. And now it's your affair. Uh, the asteroids move. This was unpredicted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that this machine could jump from two million degrees to Two billion degree was unpredicted. So all was predicted for the future is not valid. When was this experiment done? When was this? Uh, when was this jump from two million to two billion degrees? A uh, few months. A few months ago, just. A few okay. months ago. Uh-huh. And before that, there was no, there was nothing comparable in terms of free energy or possibility for. Free absolutely energy. not. Absolutely but not. But there was the idea they were working towards this. Of, sh- of course, they were working. They, these people were wor- in Sandia. They were wor- working towards this idea of getting something but like free energy, right? They were read fr- what they say. They don't understand how, why it works. Okay. <laughs> But Gerald, the Sandia uh, scientist that you know, Gerald Jonas, mm. he was working on this. Mm. But he is also the author of this report. Yes. And if he... Okay, this report is from 2005. Ah, uh, yes. Which was before the discovery. Of course. But he was in the process of working on it. At least he knew that, 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 that there was a scientific research project towards finding free energy. And he had some hope of finding it. So, maybe some hope. At least theoretically. N- not such a hope. No, <laughs> no, no, but just some slim <laughs> hope. But even, but even no, a slim j- hope. Just to make a small atomic bomb, you know, with three million degrees. That was his hope. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, he know? wasn't hoping for free energy to, free to, 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 to no, make the no, planet no, better? No, Why no, not? No. no, because he was working to make an X-ray uh, source in order to test new atomic bombs. But why? Why is he not working on, on this kind of technology to... to, 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 it, it, to, 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 to free provi- humanity to free rather humanity than to bomb to provide it. Energy it, it, it wasn't predicted, you know. You want to build a bomb and you uh, produce a system to produce energy for people. It yeah. wasn't predicted. But I think the point that Joe is trying to make, and he can yeah. correct me if, if I'm wrong, is that we have somebody here... His work was not to help people. His his work was to make a better bomb. Yes, yes. Oh, I think so. <laughs> to kill people. <laughs> to kill people. So, and no, I know no, that Sandia... Not to kill people, but, you know, everything what is related to fusion and fission w- was uh, primarily uh, orientated to, to, towards weaponry. Of course. Of yes. course. Of course. And, and why is that? towards weaponry because... Uh, the, the the American government and the and the agency the organizations behind the American government in league with the American military and the Pentagon. This is what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. There, there's the there's the Pentagon uh, the branch of the Pentagon called uh, research called DARPA, mm-hmm. which is uh, mm-hmm. investigating know, new technologies know, know. Uh, for, for military technologies, and they use Sandia. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people in Sandia are working for DARPA, are working for DARPA on pro- on mm-hmm. DARPA projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so this wasn't predicted. <laughs> this wasn't predicted. I I don't know. I, I would I would argue that it was. That's been predicted for a very long time. <laughs> Not just predicted, planned mm-hmm. and orchestrated. Because when we look at these scenarios that are coming out, they're not the positive scenarios of limitless energy. Uh, of course, yeah. Negative scenario. We have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot. And and I would suggest that these are not simple speculations, that these plans are what the people in power have the intention to impose on the rest of us. And we're talking about various forms of mind control, 
We're talking of course, of about course. tyrannical governments. We're talking about a small elite that is controlling the rest of the planet. In this uh, paper that we found a few years ago and that Laura talks about in Adventures with the Cassiopeians, we have some ideas from a guy named Joseph George Caldwell who was working for Lambda Corporation, and he posed the question, what is the sustainable human population for Earth? And he comes up with the rather surprising figure of 20 million people. Uh, oh, oh, excuse me, 10 million people. And of those 10 million people, he sees there being two groups. There would be an, a technologically advanced population of a single nation of about 5 million people concentrated in one or a few centers and a globally distributed primitive population of about 5 million and then he goes on and he says, the role of the technological population is, quote, planetary management, unquote, to ensure that the size of the primitive population does not expand. That's what planetary management is, is to keep the primitives in their place. And the role of the primitive population is to reduce the likelihood that a localized catastrophe might wipe out the human population altogether. Now there are people who are seriously entertaining. But who are these? Who are these people from the Lambda Corporation? I mean, do they hold any kind of? Weight? Well, the Lambda Corporation, as I understand it, is a think tank that gets paid to formulate possible scenarios for what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And who are they financed by? Uh, I think Lambda Corporation is in South Africa. Uh, mm -hmm. They're part of the. International military industrial complex, part of the pathocracy. And their idea of what the perfect future would be is for the population of the planet to be reduced to 10 million people. Mm -hmm. I see, uh, Jean Pierre, we're not being uh, deliberately pessimistic just for being just for because because we, we like course. it of but course. we but we 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 what do you we, mean you <laughs> i like being pessimistic okay. oh sometimes <laughs> sometimes but not all the time but um it's 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 kind of we have this idea that it's much better to be uh, realistic. realistic realistic yes and, and, and careful and and in that way you have a better chance of survival uh, against you know believing in in utopian ideals against what seems to be really happening, you know, the, the, the reality of where it's going, you know, because that way, you know, we'd rather get hit by the bomb in our forehead than on, in our back, you know? You know, the, the, the <laughs> change... The, the, we'd rather see it coming. The change now is that we have two scenarios instead of one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Before, we had only apocalypse. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, no. no, but but our argument is that we've always had these two scenarios. No, we've no, always no. had the scenario of taking, even if resources are limited, there is the scenario of a just distribution of those resources, and there's the scenario of hoarding. And until that fundamental problem is resolved, it doesn't matter if there's a possibility for limitless resources because the people who are in control are not going to want others to have access to this because this will mean they will no longer be controllable and under the power of the powers that are existing today. 
I, I don't know the future perfectly, you know. But suppose we would. Are be, you working on a machine for that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, suppose we would have uh, enough uh, uh, money to do that. We would build a machine uh, producing antimatter and converting. Uh, uh, stones into gold and we make bombs made of solid gold and uh, we take airplanes and we drop these bombs on uh, uh, Fifth Avenue <laughs> made uh, tons of go- gold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to to change the things you know <laughs> change your mind <laughs> you want gold we, we give it to you boom <laughs> so what do you do? So, you know, yeah, you have to think about that. You know, the thing could change drastically. And we're counting on that. I, the idea that there can be small, unpredictable changes that are like the butterfly wings that lead to qualitative changes in things, all of our work is based on that. Yeah, we, would that fully, we would fully agree that things can change drastically, um, but it is our theory hypothesis at the minute. Yes, but that, this is not that, only, that, but this is a fact. I know. <laughs> this is a fact. No, no, but that's, but that's the, my point is that, um, that the way things can change dramatically uh, is the best way that that can happen, and the, be- the way that there is most uh, chance of that happening is if people, many, many people, hopefully all of the people on the planet, become aware of the reality of the world that they live in. Yes. Then things can change. But we don't think change will be facilitated by people believing in utopian or, or idealistic futures that, that are in contrast to the reality on the ground. It's better if they look at the reality and see that, that the world is in a very bad way, that there are people uh, in power who are determined to do very bad things uh, to all of the planet and they are only interested in themselves – but n- nobody knows that. No one believes that. Tiny percentage of the population of the planet believes that. If they all believed that, things would change. Yeah, and if they were it, able to actually it, see you know, that, in my website, if they believed it in terms of believed it from 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 observing the reality reality of it, and that's what we try to present to people. And if the they, yeah, if, if they could see that, then when they, for example, read your comic book on this article, because for example, I, I read this article. And I didn't realize the significance of it. Now you're a physicist, and you know you know a lot more about these things. And you read it, and you, you know, it's understand. not it's, yeah, it's not tokamak. Yeah. Tokamak mm-hmm. is energy for the next thirty years. No, it's energy for right now. It works. Right. And, and okay, so but the thing is that the average person is, I mean, in terms of like the cat being out of the bag, the average person would read this article and not understand that this is a potential solution to this huge problem. So if people first would see that, you know, we've got big problems on the planet, and then they were to actually, you know, if, if we could convey the, the information in this mm-hmm. live science article, and then after they see what's really going on, then they see this, yeah. and they see the possibility, mm-hmm. and we you know spread that far and wide, then you have this possibility that people will stand up and say, you know, no, we're not going to take it anymore, we, we want, you know, Zed machines, you know, in our basement. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, it's it's this is a solution, but people don't recognize that there's a problem, and they won't look for a solution, and they won't see. The we solution. are going to explain to them, and we, we need scientific meetings. We need to meet. No, but to that's it. you're explaining the solution. Mm-hmm. We need to explain the problem. 
they don't know that there's a problem, well, we so they're not interested in looking at the solution. Yeah, we need to do both. I mean, you know, we, well, we once people realise that 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 they're all going to die, <laughs> <laughs> then they'll go, "What? I need a solution to my death." Yes, and then exactly. we can present this exactly. You know, in my website, you have true principle. The first is the future is re- written nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And the second is be realistic, thinks about impossible things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Sandia experiment was an impossible thing. Uh, if, if you would ask people uh, six months ago, do you think we will reach someday a billion degrees? Uh, I have a, a souvenir. In 1976, I went in Livermore. Uh, w- it was the beginning of the research of uh, fusion with uh, laser beams. And uh, I met Knuckles. Knuckles was in charge of the theoretical part of uh, this research. And uh, I, I, I talked to Knuckles about uh, lithium hydrogen and hydrogen fusion. And he laughed and he said, oh, you know, if we get 100 million uh, degree, I will be very glad. This is for an infinite future. But it was completely unpredicted. You would ask six months ago to Jonas, do you think we'll get a billion degree someday? Oh, no, no. We are trying to get three million degree. And if we get that someday, perhaps we will reach touch virgin. And then, boom, you got two billion degrees. Uh-huh. Funny, isn't it? Sometimes science is funny. It's <laughs> always funny. <laughs> Rarely, but sometimes. You know, before this experiment, I was the most pessimistic man in the world. <laughs> but this is a change, isn't it? Well, that's a question. I mean, we've been discussing over whether this is real or not. And I know that you are convinced from what you've read, that, that this is real and, and that they actually accomplished this. Uh, ARC has had the opinion that, well, maybe it was already done in China or per- Russia possibly, or somewhere else. Possibly, and so possibly. that's why the, the United States was, was willing to publish this. Because it's a, a fairly, if it is real, it is a revolutionary news, as we've mm-hmm. been trying to cover in, today and discussing about it. But it could also be... What? It could be a complete uh, fake, and it could be a smokescreen that the United States is putting out to tell the rest of the world, look, there's going to be no more energy problems. And they've got everybody convinced that there's war in the Middle East because the U.S. wants to take uh, possession of all the the oil. And so if the U.S. is now saying, oh, we're not going to need everybody's oil, it could be a way to pretend and – throw smoke into people's eyes about what their real intentions are. But so, the other country will get, go into this field. France, England, Italy, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not... Uh, you don't but that's, ne- another, that's another possibility. But if have, this is not real, if... I have three words. They, yes. One world government. One world government. What if that's a reality? Then the talk of other countries going into this is is is, is irrelevant in a way. If there's one world government, if there is one peop- world pathocracy, if, if people, if as people, it's conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists say that there is a that there is a group of people who control the world, that there's just one government that really controls all other governments. 
Well, then it's they who decide. Yeah, but you know, uh, they have to control not only the government, but the scientists. And That's will, easy. Uh, oh, not so much. I will tell you something. Isn't your career, uh, I mean, you spent your entire career trying to remain free in an environment where you saw the vast majority of scientists around you being pigeonholed, uh, being given work to do that wasn't very interesting. Uh, science is like that. There, there are people who go into science who may have some original spark uh, of intelligence and spark of curiosity, but then they get into the machine of science, and then their primary goal is just to get their next research grant, to continue their career, to one-up their competitors in some other country. And so the focus moves away from pure science, from, from knowledge. And your whole career where you were, were trying to maintain that purity was one where you found you were constantly marginalized because you wouldn't play that game. Yes, but you know, uh, this uh, discovery, if it is a, a real discovery, is comparable to the invention of the electricity, you know. Mm -hmm. you, you, you cannot keep the electricity enclosed in a box. Mm -hmm. Somebody will use that. And I will just uh, say a few words about this. Uh, I have a friend who works in France and he specialized in nanotechnology. You know, it's a very small technology. Mm -hmm. And immediately when he read uh, my article in my uh, website, he asked me by mail, would it be possible to achieve this kind of fusion at very small scale? Because uh, we can make a, a certain amount of electrical currents in nanostructure. And in this uh, experiment... Consider a wire. This wire uh, is, um, you put uh, electric currents in this wire, you have a magnetic field all around. You have two ways to get a strong magnetic field. Either you increase the current, either the wire is very thin. And as you can see in the experiments of the Z machine, the wires become very thin. That's for the magnetic field becomes very large. So you have a version of this experiment in nanotechnology. In nanotechnology, uh, my friend asked me, do you think we could make nanofusion? Mm -hmm. Listen to that, nanofusion. And I answered, theoretically, it's possible. So it's possible to make... Uh, a kitchen experiment, you know, <laughs> with very small amount of money and so on, and to try to make nanotechnology, nanofusion. Suppose it works. I'm deeply convinced if it works at large size, it will work at small size. And you will not be able to jail all these ideas. Because it's you like can't jail the ideas, but you could make a nice little RFID chip that had this little... Uh, this little birdcage on the inside of it, the nano birdcage, and <laughs> by reading people's thoughts, you could be setting off little charges in their brain every time they had some uh, uh, subversive thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, um, I have written uh, a certain number of comic books, and uh, some has been 
have been translated in English. You could find it on my website, including the book of uh, Magnetohydrodynamics, whose name is The Science Barrier. And as I said... Uh, and we put up a link to that from the yeah, podcast where we discussed it. You discussed it, and you, you yeah, know... And we've also seen that that link has been picked up by other people, and we've now seen it on other sites. And this but, idea, uh, very secret idea, where in the comic books. So I'm going to put this in the comic book, too. You cannot jail the ideas. You can jail the people, but not the ideas. Yeah. And maybe that's you know that's uh, the best we can hope for you know oh, yeah. is is that um, is, is to continue to to disseminate uh, these ideas and to try and make as many people as uh, as possible aware of them and uh, and then just see what happens you know allow the the future to evolve you know you know, you know we have hope. In China, for example, I, I know China's, China's people, China's researchers, China's are not monsters, you know. Mm. In the countries, there are people who really want to help their brothers, you know. And if they know that there is something that can bring water in the desert in their country, they will work on not only on the weapons. Scientists are not uniquely involved in weaponry. There are some who cares about well, but the money to fund science is, if not uniquely involved in weaponry, it's certainly in a very overwhelming proportion involved in weaponry. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, sometimes a dream can be very strong. On that hopeful note, we will end it for this week, and we'd like to thank Jean-Pierre for joining us once again. For more information, you can go to Jean-Pierre's site at www.jp-petit.com. That's jp-petit.com. And from Jean-Pierre's site, you can get access to all of his uh, comic books, his bande dessinée, on the site Savoir Sans Frontières. And the link is on his site. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you.